bothered me a lot because when looking at all the celebrities and all their Instagrams, none of them had any symptoms, but yet they were tested. She went to the emergency room with high fevers, chills, body aches, sore throat. She says she feels like someone's sitting on her chest and they turned her away. And that just tells us where we are in the society where we place value on certain people's lives more than others. It's a true reality that we've always known, but it's just now in my face a little bit more. Because again, we're not all in the same boat. And so I, I, I feel you like praying for the different boats. So those who are trying to find their way, find something, find that reason why, find your why. I pray for a time for our girls and our grandchildren, because that's to me where the guilt comes from. It's that the way society has framed that somehow, you know. There has to be some solid foundation in your life that you hold on to because the world is shaky. Hey, 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 listen up. Welcome, family. Welcome to the Generation XYZ Family Podcast, where we use our different generations to examine the world around us. Join our family table talks where we bring you in with us to learn how to talk about the stuff no one wants to talk about. From politics to pop culture, looking for the bright spots beyond the headlines. With your hosts, Jay and Katie. And the Kid Crew. We use the generations X, Y, and Z to remind us to examine different perspectives, searching for the lesson, laughter, or light in every story and each one of us. So if you're part of any family, a part of this world, and wonder, how do I talk about that? Join us as we figure it out. Let's go. family. Today I have with me Maggie B. And she is a writer, actress with years of experience in content creation. Um, She has done short films. She has done, most recently, she's working on a thriller, a feature thriller. She's produced and, well, helped produce with her husband and written eight short films for Screening Room ATL. She has had a web series. She's also an actress for Jill Talents in Atlanta. And she's working on a children's book series. And so she is a woman of many talents, loves to be in arts, content creation. And I get to say that she is a sister in love to me, but she's also really my home girl from way back in the day, Chicago. Our paths, our children, our dreams have always run parallel in very interesting ways. So we're super excited to have you on our show today. Thank you, Maggie. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yay. So first, girl, there is no way that we can talk right now without discussing the entire global crisis that is going on and we find ourselves in right now. Let's talk about our new reality, like Corona time, like for real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is going on by you? So you guys are in Atlanta. So tell me a little bit about how your daily schedule has changed. Well, I have children, so that has put a fork in the road for me. So I work from home, but now I'm finding myself as a teacher and teaching them with their digital learning, which is actually still pretty neat, at least in the days that of technology that we're in. The kids are still able to learn from home. So I'm not sure how this would have happened or worked before back in the day. So right. um, although I can complain about it, it is kind of a great thing that we're able to do that from home. So I got the kids from home. Um, we're working from home. and Everything is digital and um, just trying our best to, you know, keep our spirits high, working out in the backyard and keeping the kids exercising and learning Spanish and teaching them the Bible because a lot of fear 
is definitely in the media. So trying to keep that balance here in Atlanta. Um, they haven't shut everything down yet, but there is a curfew about till nine o'clock p.m. Um, oh, a lot wow. of restaurants are closed, um, but you still can get delivery, things like that. But it's it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. Total, like, total crazy time change. And and I didn't mention in your intro that you are also, with your husband, you've co-founded and you are the head writer for E-Trade Productions, which is a digital, what do you guys call yourselves now? Is it digital content production? Is it just production? What, what how do you describe the E-Trade Productions? Well, we still call ourselves a production company, um, but a lot of stuff that we do is you know, we have a, a course online producers course that we teach students how to produce their own content. Um, I have a group of eight writers that I lead and we meet via Zoom. Uh, once a month we'll meet in person because we still like that personal touch with one another, but really we do everything mobile through our devices, through our um everywhere we're at, we just kind of get to connect folks everywhere around the world, which is neat. Because right. as we see now, the world is really relying on media and yeah. um, entertainment. So we're definitely in the right field right now for that. No, I was just going to say, because when you were talking about now having to be a teacher slash mom slash wife slash everything <laughs> that you all's family production company and the company that you guys run is, is although you're not able to actually be on site and on location necessarily now, you do have a large part of the business in general that you're able to kind of run um, via, you know, the, the internet and different types of social media tools, which right. I think is, is uh, extremely helpful during times like this. But it is, it's a challenge because you have to sort all that stuff to figure out what's what <laughs> and what gets canceled at it too. True. Um, <laughs> So what have you found? So like, okay, week one. So we're down. I, I like to say we're on day like 11 at this point, if you count mm. starting that March 15th, I was writing the other day in my journal and I'm like, what day are we on? Um, so I think for me, I'm counting like day 11. So what coping mechanisms have, can you say like for the first week where you realize either you need to put in place or you were really good at putting in place? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first week, I think I failed in a lot of areas with my <laughs> own anxieties. Yes, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Fail so, week one. Just write it down. Failure week one. Um, week <laughs> yeah. two, we got a better handle on things. Week one, um, it was just getting the kids acclimated to getting up, getting their work done, um, getting my work done. Um, we're supposed to be in production in April, so... All that is at a halt right now. So we're all meeting via Skype and we're kind of pushing ahead with it, but we can't really put the green light on anything. So it was a lot of those anxieties that I was kind of maneuvering myself as a mother, as a, as an entrepreneur. And even being an entrepreneur, there is no steady income. So getting past those anxieties and putting my faith in God and recognizing that, you know, this is what it is and I can't fear or worry or else that will trickle down to my children. Um, so this week I had to kind of get a grip and, right, yeah, uh, get a grip week one, yeah. yeah, get a grip week one and week, and week two. Um, now we're just kind of, this is our new normal. So we're just trying to function in that area. How about you? I think, yeah, I think for me, like you, you kind of hit on it for me was like, it's all of the unknown. So normally, even when something changes, 
you, there's more known, right? Like, you know, oh, this is going to be six weeks. I'm going to travel for two weeks. So-and-so's coming in for this. We're going to go here. We're going to do there. So even if it's fear involved in like a particular event or something happening, there's, there's more known than unknown. And I think in this case, in this, all of this COVID-19, there's so many unknowns that our normal planning, organizing, strategizing is, is looking for the known variables and we can't, right? Like, and so when you're trying to plan for production and different things, all of those things require known variables. (laughs) And when you can't, you know, you're not able to get a hold of them. And so for me, that was, you know, I saw everybody online and I got to be honest, like all the moms with the binders and the schedules and the, and the Mm -hmm. boards and, and all these online things. And I think that's so dope. And I'm like, man, I can barely get myself through a day teleworking, trying to think and think, you know, straight and I'm taking classes and we're, and, and we just get to the end of the day and I'm just grateful we haven't yelled at each other. We haven't, you know, thrown something across the room. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. I'm just, so I told the kids, we, we spoke yesterday and we had kind of like a family powwow and we all sat around the table and I was like, listen, let's just talk about where we're at, what we're grateful for and how we're going to come out of this, you know, and, and the things that we know versus the things that we don't know. And so that was, that felt good to me finally to say, okay, let's talk about what we know. We're going to come through this um, better. We're going to come through this. Um, we know that God has a lesson in this somewhere for us. Um, mm. and we don't welcome people getting sick or, or deaths in any particular way, but let's be honest, like if it's come to us, then we're prepared and we're capable to handle it. And so, but you, we had to sit and tell ourselves that like, it was yeah. legit, like you can't just hope that's going to fly through your brain. It was, it was a very intentional conscious effort to have that discussion. And so now I'm like, okay, week two, what do we got now? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I mean, I had a, I have a shirt that says happy on it and I put it on and I put a post <laughs> you were cute. up with you were my cute. picture and I said, you know, I am deciding to put on happy and sometimes it is all about a decision. So really um, going past our feelings and deciding that we're going to be happy, deciding that we're going to not be fearful and then hopefully our feelings will catch up eventually to that. But I guess no, exactly. with consistency, you know. Uh, we will start telling our flesh that it does not control us or our mind. And if we do that, I think we're setting a good example for our children. That's, that's, that's exactly right. And I think resilience is something that everyone is going to get a new familiarity with is what is being <laughs> resiliency, right? And I think for each person, each situation, I heard someone say, uh, I think it was Stephen Furtick say that, um, we're all we, we're all in the storm, but we're not all in the same boat. You know how Listen. some people go, oh, everybody's in the same boat. No, everybody's not in the same boat, right? Like, <laughs> and we were just talking about this, um, hmm. where you weren't feeling good and you went to get tested or you tried to get tested. Tell me about that because Idris Elba, Tom Hanks, and everybody getting tested, we are not all in the same boat. And so Listen. what was your experience with your boat? <laughs> well, if um, you don't know how common you are, this season will definitely show you <laughs> humble, humble pie. So <laughs> I, I have not been feeling well the past few days. And, you know, like we used to do as mothers is we kind of blow it off. But like, I'll get better. I'll get better. But I started to notice that I, you know, started to get some fevers and coughing and body aches. And so when I looked online, it said that I had a couple of the symptoms of COVID-19. So when I called to see if I could even get checked. They said that I couldn't, that I need a note from my doctor. And even then, my doctor is not seeing anybody. So I couldn't even get a doctor's note. 
And then they mentioned to me that I may or may not have COVID-19, but that they can do nothing for me, Uh, which bothered me a lot because when looking at all the celebrities and all their Instagrams, none of them had any symptoms, but yet they were tested. And that just tells us where we are in the society, where we place value on certain people's lives more than others. And that is just kind of uh, heartbreaking, but it's a true reality that we've always known but it's just now in my face a little bit more when when you're when you're in that fear moment even even not even just fear but like as a mother you're doing strategically what they tell you to do protocol you're saying Mm -hmm. okay i feel this type of way i'm gonna go ahead and take these precautions these steps and now all of a sudden wait a minute like you're not gonna you're not gonna take it any further and so what's even more terrifying is for the people legit that can't get out of their house, that can't get to places, that can't, you know what I mean? And you said you also had a friend who went to the ER, right? Yeah, yep. She was in Chicago. She's in Chicago now. She went to the emergency room with high fevers, chills, body aches, sore throat. She says she feels like someone's sitting on her chest. And they turned her away. They told her she's young. She's 42. She's young. Her lungs sounded okay to them and that she could not be tested. And they also told her she may or may not have the COVID-19. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's terrifying. And I think that's even scarier than, (laughs) you know, us thinking that maybe it could come to us, but knowing that even if it did, you may, uh, you may have to fight that one on your own. Listen, but I think that's good information. What I did notice though, about our neighbors here is, I don't know if you all have the ring. This is not promoting the ring at all, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) with the ring, I went to CVS because we were running out of tissues and I found like, a bunch of, there was a bunch of tissues, a bunch of paper towels. So I got one pack of paper towels, two tissues, and I put it on the ring on the neighbor's part. And I told them that, Hey guys, CBS has tissues and the inpour from people grateful. So you are seeing people being neighborly in a certain way in a, in a place where we're used to saying hi or giving hugs. We can no longer do that. We're finding other means to kind of connect Skype. Yeah. No, dude, it's so funny. You said that literally three hours ago, I got hit up on my ring. Somebody was at the grocery store, said <laughs> the exact same thing. I sent my husband out. I was like, well, we have, we got to go now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. The other thing I was thinking about, and we, you, I know you and I have been jamming all the different ways people are coming together, especially online, social media, like um, the dance parties, the DJing. And then we know D nice on Instagram. And it's like, th- you, it almost sounds like it would be a hollow or shallow experience, but dealing with what we're going through, it takes it to a whole nother level that um, you didn't realize even you needed or you missed. Listen, I'm an ambivert. Um, so being home is not that bad for me, uh, <laughs> but I do like socializing. Um, I watched a video in Italy where a young lady was out on her porch singing hallelujah. Mm. And it literally brought tears to my eyes when she was out there and everybody was on their porches listening to the young lady sing. And it's just that connection that everyone's missing. It made me think of like uh, the whole, he's got the whole world challenge that's been Mm. going around. And that was, it sounds again, it sounds cliche or cheesy, but I found myself just watching and Mm -hmm. like my spirit soaking it up. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and usually I'm like, oh, that's cliche. I don't like that. But it, it legit ministered to me and working out has changed. I saw somebody <laughs> that was, working out. and I just say it's Listen. so funny because that like, that's for me too. I'll do my own little workout on my phone, but now mm-hmm. it's like the thing I'm seeing videos everywhere is doing it. 
So I, I think it's going to be interesting what this comes to teach us ultimately. Yeah. Um, I think we all need to take a couple seats, to be honest. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> Listen, and I think uh, I, I pray in this season that the time that people can spend at home, that relationships are restored with children and their parents yeah. and siblings and things like that. I also pray for those who are not such healthy environments in their homes because those worry me too. It's a universal, like, I wouldn't even say universal because again, we're not all in the same boat. And so I, I, I feel you like praying for the different boats. Well, I do want to talk, let's talk some pre-corona, <laughs> some pre-corona life prior all to right. right? <laughs> so, so here you are today, my sister, my sister-in-law. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I will say we were girls and homies way before she married my brother. So we were yep, girls and we yep, lived together. Yep. So a full disclosure. Um, but here you are today, mother, wife, content creator, writer, actress, just, and that's just some of the things that I could think of. And I'm like, and you're having articles written about you and that's all just to name a few. What would you say? Let me ask you this. Would you say that you always knew this is what you wanted to do? Or would you say that that desire developed over time? <laughs> Definitely the desire developed over time. You you think things are going one way and then life happens and it takes you a whole other way. You and I were both young mothers. And so we kind of related and bonded in that area as well. Mm -hmm. Getting through life. I wanted to be a doctor. At one point I wanted to be a Broadway singer and <laughs> all that, you know, changed when I became a mother. I honestly thought that I was going to be like my family, which is not finish college and just be a, a mom and a single mom. And then God had other plans for me. But because he has other plans for me and that I am the one breaking the curses in my family, it's been a journey. Finding this path of writing became something that came out of just serving at the church and the children's ministry. And I started to write children's books in the children's ministry. I've always journaled. So I have journals and journals and journals of writing. So I've always had those creativities and being in the drama ministry at school and high school. But developing that into a passion started when I was pregnant with my second son. And, and when our sister-in-law passed away from cancer, life kind of flashed before my eyes. And I decided to go back to school and I did online school. So I prepared for this moment, guys. Um, <laughs> you've, been, uh, you've been in the world before it was a For five years already, okay? So I have, uh, I graduated uh, with my bachelor's in journalism, uh, magna cum laude. And it was not easy, but I developed into this writer. Honestly, I did it on my own with online mentors such as Shonda Rhimes and things like that. But where I am at today, I'm blessed to have a mentor that I can actually call upon. But for those who are seeking a mentor, I do recommend you find online mentors, people that minister to you, TED Talks and folks like that, that will help you develop as a writer or creative or anything like that. So I am where I am because of hard work and um, consistency. You know, and, and I think knowing your story, hearing your story, being a witness to your story, and then in general, kind of how dreams tend to work in people. I, I think of it like a seed, right? So the seed is there, we know inside of us. And then over time, people either feed the seed or don't water the seed or, or the seed just kind of lays there and is dormant. And for you, it, it does seem like the seed was there and you began to water, water, mm -hmm. water in different ways. And then you mentioned like the online resources. And I think what's so key in the world we live in now, 
like you decided, I, I think I have a passion for writing. I want to write. And you went to school for it one. So that was a step you took. But then let's pretend you didn't even go to school, right? You could potentially take classes, find inspiration. Yep. There's like so much now. For women, I know most of life is balancing because mm-hmm. we always have something that's, for lack of better words, blocking whatever it is that we're trying to do, right? And people in general. But especially for women, especially for potentially marginalized women of color in different ways, you always have to balance. So mm. no matter how many tangible things that you find to do, you are always having to balance and to prioritize this over maybe your dream or this over maybe what you're trying to do. So what was it that formed the tenacity for you to say like that you kept going back to it? You kept focusing on it because that's tenacity overall, you know, because we all dream of things, but you began to keep going down that path. And I think that's what's so key is like, we can all dream and we can also kind of like draw things and whatever, but like to continue coming back to it. What do you, I mean, what do you attribute that to? I have been married going on 18 years and there was a point in my marriage where I didn't know who I was. I was a mother. I worked um, and I didn't really have a sense of purpose. I was lonely inside, although I had people around me. When Monique passed away, I just life flashed before my eyes. And so I had that conversation with my husband and he supported me to go back to school. And many nights I cried doing my homework because I had a, a kid who was born and he was colic. So he was crying. I was crying. But I did have my mother there supporting me. I had my husband there supporting me. I did have a support system in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, for me, it was so I need to break curses for my children. My children need to see something different in life. And so that, holding on to that, I think that's the intangible thing that we kind of have to set our minds on. So those who are trying to find their way, find something, find that reason why, find your why. Yeah. And hold on to that why. Yeah. Right. And so once you know that why, when you want to give up, you go back to that why, similar to like when people kind of do storyboards and and kind of vision boards of their self. So for Mm -hmm. me, it is finding that why. What you're talking about sounds like legacy. There is no other option. I plan to break this ceiling. I plan to get through this particular thing in front of me and there will not be another option. And I think for a lot of women, and I think in general, you have to get to that point of like, (laughs) whether it's full bottom or whatever you got to call it. And it's not necessarily bottom, but it's got to be something to where a hunger of urgency. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thirst on a different level for me. I I know that when, when you have to take, especially when you're a young mom, you know what I mean? Like a wife and a wife, like for, for everybody else, for all intents and purposes, your entire path has already been laid out in front of you. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't take choices and decisions to make it different, you can just ride that train. You know what I'm and, saying? And for even as women, we as mothers and wives, there were many moments I was unsure as a mother. I was unsure as a wife. And I didn't even know how I was going to get through certain seasons of it. Holding on to something, having a goal in mind kind of gave you that little peace in the midst of all these storms. So God forbid if, if I were to have gotten a divorce or if my child and I don't get along, I still had something to hold on to, a goal to hold on to, to give me that sense of peace that there's a purpose for my life, even if certain areas don't work out. Here's the word I want to use, dogged. Like when you have to be dogged, where you put your fangs in something and have to decide this vision 
I'm going to nurture and grow like a child. You know what I'm saying? Like on the academy, that's different, man. That's a different level than just saying I got a vision board somewhere. I think once you latch on to something like that, that will dictate and doors will begin to open and it will dictate how you approach every door, I think in your life too. To be honest, the doors that have been opening for me now haven't been through like a literary agent or through the traditional sense of me. So a lot of folks told me that I needed to kind of go to live in LA to be a writer and kind of serve people coffee for two years and be an intern for five. Well, I'm 41 years old. I don't have time. Yeah. I ain't got time for that. (laughs) So I can't do the traditional way, which made me feel a certain way, you know, like for those of us non-traditional mothers and wives, we can't do things that the younger 20 year olds can do. So for me, I had to just keep doing it and being consistent and then letting other people see me. So now with social media and things like that, going um, networking, things like that, and my husband being the networking king that he is, I'm able to get into doors and people are able to see my work because I've been diligent doing it when no one's watching me. Exactly. No, that's a, that's a huge thing too. I think what you talk about is uh, preparation plus opportunity equaling success, right? So that's if good. those doors would have opened or you would have just been in the right place, but you didn't have the right stuff, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The same doors wouldn't be available or they say, Hey, that's great. What do you got? And you sit there and looked at them like he's crazy. You know, yep. I think one of the big keys for anybody listening, who's thinking and, and finds themselves in any one of these stories is the key of like, you got to get that vision for yourself. You have to have that so ingrained in you and not just be a cliche, but part of kind of literally who you are, that you project yourself into the future. But then the preparation that you do behind that But tell me a little bit about how you took those cues where you know now I need to, because you're always living your life, right? Your mom, Mm -hmm. your wife, you're always doing the normal things. But underneath all that, people don't realize where you're doing the work is in the dark and the quiet hours doing all this other stuff. But how do you know where to direct your talent and your time when you only have so small pockets of it? When I thought about my purpose and I thought about the world, I've always loved creating. And it just made sense. You know, when I prayed about it and then does this feel good in my spirit? And if it didn't, if you do it and it doesn't work out, try something else. But for me, it was working out to the point where when Monique died, I decided to go back to school. And I'm not saying that school is even the thing. The school for me was to say that I can do it. Right. And it was more for me than anything. And what school teaches you is discipline. And online school teaches you is discipline. And all that taught me to be disciplined in my writing. And all that just kind of like was in line with my purpose. And so when you start seeing things kind of line up, that's when you know you're going down the right path. Sometimes, because I think you're in a really good season now where things are kind of coming together. So Mm -hmm. things are beginning to make sense. And you're in that season where things make sense. And for as we know, in a lot of seasons, nothing makes sense, right? Correct. And so then it's true, right? And so then you're like, well, what? But I think they're both valid and they both say something different, right? Because it doesn't necessarily mean you're on the wrong path. It, sometimes you have to push through those seasons. And then other times it is a question of, am I going in the wrong direction? You know, and I've asked myself that, especially with like writing and different things, like maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing, or maybe this is the thing that leads to the thing. Mm. And I think um, that's another way I've had to look at things in our life in general, right? Like I may get to live many different lives, right? Mm. So I may get to be this, I may get to be a mom, 
a lawyer at one season, then a writer, and I get to produce things, and then maybe that'll change, and I'm really not an ultimate this, quotes, you know, air quotes. And um, I think that's what's so interesting is that you, and then if you stick on it like you are, you're in a season where things make sense and come together. But I think part of why you can appreciate that is because you've also been in seasons where things haven't come together. Listen, and I think the pushing past that, I think you can be anything you want. Even if it, if I chose a different path, if it wasn't writing, if it was something else, I think I'd probably still be successful in that as well. Simply because if I put my mind to it and I choose to do it, you'll be successful. Now, if you're happy, I don't know. That's a whole nother right. thing. That's different. Right. Yeah. But happiness and successful, they can still be happening, but sometimes they're not happening at the same time. Because I did find myself working at the hospital and I was successful at it. I was making good money, but I wasn't happy. Mm. And I, I think you can attest to that too. Like you, you're a lawyer and then you're now, you know, you're writing and you're creating and you're finding joy as a creative, right? So yeah, yeah being a lawyer is awesome and pays bills, but you're finding yeah. joy in writing yeah. and creating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I'm not feeling guilty for not writing and creating, <laughs> you know, like, and, and 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 it's funny because that's perfect. That's a perfect segue because I wanted to talk about like the mom, for lack of a better word, the mom guilt. Let's all be honest. Like a lot of us, you know, either if you're not a total stay-at-home mom, you're probably doing something else, right? Whatever that is, whether you're working in Walgreens, whether you're hustling at Burger King, and you're a mom, but likely is your mom and something else. The role and the quote-unquote job duties of a mom tend to be very more distinguished, um, set apart for a mom and a very understood in a household. And and to be honest, normally way heavier than, than dad roles. And I'm not saying one way or the other or what's right or not, but it's just legit. It's real. And for me, I, one of the things that have always been part of my mental <laughs> gymnastics that we do in any time a season is that, you know, if you have two hours or you have an hour at the end of the day, do you do it writing or do now you take care of the kids or, you, you know, or how are you managing or how can you say you maybe you've managed in different seasons of your life that mom guilt? Yeah, well, that mom guilt was very, very very big. And even I still have it now. So we're about to be in production soon. I know it's going to be a three-week production and I'm going to need my mother to fly out here and kind of help me manage the kids for three weeks, but I feel guilty about it already and it hasn't even happened. Mm. But to know that um, it's for a purpose, that's what helps. It's not like I'm out there clubbing and doing all kinds (laughs) of things, but but to know that it's for a greater purpose and it's hard. I mean, but you have to find that fine balance in that where you're like, well, let me spend this quality time. Let me sow these seasons to the children. And even if I'm on set, I'll text my daughter and say, how are you doing? I love you. Things like that. Just to stay connected in some kind of way with them mm-hmm. because they're being connected to somebody in this world. And it, you better be one of those people that guilt Definitely. It, I don't know if it ever will go away, but it does get um, easier um, because you know that it's a part of your purpose and your greater plan. Um, just like Martin Luther King was away from his family, but I think he could do it because there was a calling and a purpose on his life. I don't think my only calling is to be a mother. And that's when I got the reality of that. That's when I was able to do other things because there was a certain point that it was like, oh, but I'm a mother, oh, but I'm also a wife, but that's not all I am. Right. So right. when you start really, yeah, it's not in that because guess what? These kids are going to grow up. They're going to do their own thing. And then what? <laughs> yeah. No. And then, then what is the real? That's when the party happens. So, <laughs> <All that. laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, 
a lot of times you don't hear fathers talk about it as often, right? And what mm. I was thinking about, and not that they don't feel it, because I'm sure people, I'm sure they do, but just it shows up in different ways. But so for men, I found that it seems to be really simple to be accepted for men positioning their purpose above like everything else, right? Uh, Positioning their passion, I should say, above like all of duties, roles or anything else. And men will be praised for that, right? That's right. Women, we, the interesting thing, and I pray in 50 years, 100 years, there is a time where that is equally given to women. if, If I'm making sense, like if I decided to position my, my pursuit of my passion and dreams above anything else that there, that I wouldn't be looked at as being a failure in one way, because men fail, they could fail hugely. I mean, even if you mentioned Martin Luther King, right. As amazing as he is in everything that he did, he was a his failure husband and yeah, thank you. <laughs> right. So I bet you, you know, people got other Listen. stuff to say about him too, but, but let that have been a woman. Yeah. You know, could you imagine that? Like, let's just be real honest. Like, let's have some real talk. And for me, I always struggle with that. It's like, why do we give men passes to be total jerks or not have to meet the mark? And for women, we tripping on if we don't call our kid while we're in production. Yeah. Degree, you know what I'm like, and, and I know there's not an answer for, it, but it's just, I, I pray for a time for our girls and our grandchildren, because that's to me where the guilt comes from. It's that the way society has framed that somehow, you know? And there is a double standard in that. And I believe that's why a lot of women nowadays in our time are not married because they focus on their careers. They're focused on their things simply because of fear that if they were to get married or have kids, they couldn't pursue their careers. I pray there is a time that they could do both. But now we've got such an influx of single women because of that, I think, ideology in itself. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, there's gonna the pendulum's gonna swing in so many in so many different directions. <laughs> <laughs> the pendulum's swinging all over. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find yourself, and I, I want to ask you real quickly. Do you find yourself in, in, within the industry where we talk about production industry writing, um, where it's dominated, uh, has been in, in historical times dominated primarily white men, um, men in general, and definitely white men. Do you find yourself having to intentionally make space or pull up chairs at tables and make those space in those rooms, the, the metaphoric rooms, I guess, or do you find that you're not running into those same challenges? Oh, no, I definitely am, for sure. Um, for instance, we uh, were hired to do a, write a commercial for uh, a car company. I'll just leave it at that. And uh, we met with the CEO, and uh, I came up with the concepts between me and one of my writers, female writers. And then when me and my husband and the gentleman that brought us into that meeting were in the meeting with the CEO, he didn't look at me one time, and he wouldn't even talk to me. Um, he just kept referring to Eugene and kept referring to the gentleman that brought us there. Although I was the one who created all the content, the storyboards and everything. And I kept having to like seek his attention, like, Hey, but this is where we're going with that because generally I'm the content creator. So you would naturally think that he would be talking to me, but he kept saying, Oh, I like what she's saying. And I'm sitting right there. So, um, I definitely find that. Hello, it's me. So definitely in that area as well. And even in in some of the areas like, um, 
you know, my mentor is trying to get me to write for some of these networks. And she was in there because someone brought her along. So for me, she's trying to get me into that space, you know, but you can't, I just can't walk into that space because it's dominated by men. And um, somehow we have to find other ways to get in there. And it is tricky and it makes it hard, but we are a resilient creature. My dear, so if you were yourself a young woman, a girl, or a wise woman right now listening and listening to this podcast, because this is Women's History Month, even though Corona has come in and tried to take it from us. Mm-hmm, um, have it. <laughs> um, I say this is Corona's either a thirsty woman or a hateful man that <laughs> somewhere is hating on us. Trying to take our, trying to take our month. Uh, <laughs> but what, what are three things, looking back, everything that we talked about, that you think are the keys for managing and balancing your dreams um, that are instrumental for people who are in one place now, physically, logistically in their lives, and see themselves inside and want to be somewhere else? So for me, three major things is, one, make a decision. Don't go by your feelings. Don't go by what you see. Don't go by your emotions because we are an emotional creature and there's a place for that. But make a solid, sound decision and stick to it. I think once you make that decision, you're able to then now take out all the emotions and everything surrounding that and accomplish your goal. So that decision, number one, is important. Number two, get around other people who are doing what you want to do or better. I don't mind friends and things like that on my level, but I kind of want to be around people who are doing better than me. So let me ask you that on that point though, if you're sitting somewhere and you have no one that you can see, right? Like how do you, how do you encourage someone to do that just from where they are right now? What are the tools that they can use? So for me and you, we did Shonda Rhimes class and the master class. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to Michelle Obama's, you know, her book on well, audio. Yep. yep. And it's as if she was talking to me. And now you got me into these podcasts. So now I'm listening yes. to Super Podcast, Soul. YouTube. Uh, yes. TED Talks. So and imagine that they're your girlfriends or yes. things like that. And just let those that minister to you. Because, you know, all these songs, I remember back in the day when we used to listen to all these love songs and they were, all of a sudden you're sad. Those things minister to us, right? So Yeah, they do. Yeah. So these positive things, these podcasts, these videos and stuff like that can minister to you as well. So definitely if you don't have anyone that you can touch, there's so many resources out there available on that aspect. So that's that. So get a mentor, whether you see them or don't see them or have access to them. So just get that. And lastly, I would say... For me, my foundation is definitely my prayer life Um, and whatever journey that someone's in. I'm not, you know, everyone has different religions, but there has to be some solid foundation in your life that you hold on to because the world is shaky and it'll change as we can see. But if you have a solid foundation on where your hope comes from, because hope deferred make the heart sick. And we don't want all these sick hearts out here. So we just, <laughs> thank you. We got enough, yeah, we got enough sick hearts. <laughs> yeah. So you have to have yeah. your hope on something solid. Yeah. Because if not heart deferred is sick, you'll mm-hmm. keep getting sick hearted. And so you got to have something solid. So for number one, again, make that decision to get a mentor and three, put your hope in something solid. Tell people, right. So where you want them to 
hit you up if they have mm-hmm. questions or if it's someone that has just a dying question that we didn't cover today, where do you want them to hit you up? And also what is the thing that we can look for that you're going to be coming out with that we can begin to look for? Yeah. So, um, on Instagram, it's Maggie, M-A-G-G-I-E underscore Bush, B-U-S-H. And then it's Maggie Bush on, um, Facebook. And what we have next is, uh, so we have a web series out in the American Black Film Festival. So hopefully we get picked up on that. Um, but we are definitely doing a mental health thriller in April. Um, hopefully when all this is over and then we have a couple shows and we have, uh, we also wrote a mystery dinner. Um, and you know, our mystery dinners be off the chain. Uh, so we have several things coming up um several shows coming up that's about it right now or you can find us right now on social media in our living room right Um, (laughs) monday through friday nine to to five right (laughs) and you and you also and so if you check her out on instagram you can also check out her mixed emotion stuff and there'll be links to where they can find that right i don't know if that's for sale or how they're showing that the first one okay cool 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 well thank you thank you sister i love you well family this episode has come to an end but don't stop the conversation and remember it's not what we talk about it's how we learn to talk about it sending love and peace to your every moment and if you can't get enough and want to see how crazy it gets here at the table for behind the scenes footage gen xyz videos outtakes and bonus conversations focus on education exploration and impact Join us on Facebook, Martin's on the Move. Instagram is at Gen XYZ Podcast. Twitter, Gen XYZ underscore podcast. And if you have ideas, suggestions, or just want to reach out, email is Gen XYZ the podcast at gmail.com. All sources and links to audio and information referenced in this episode are listed in the show notes. Theme song beat by Death Stars. Tell us what you think. Please don't forget to write a review and subscribe to get notified every single time we're can't wait to see you again. Till next time, never stop seeking the Gen XYZ vibe in everything you do. And we're out.